Hello and welcome to Nails and Hammers podcast. Our guest for today is Nishat Paiwadia, who is a sports anchor, writer, media manager, and the founder of Niche Sports. We talk with Nishat about his journey from growing up in Dubai to studying law to becoming a sports journalist, his IPL journey so far, his interactions with various cricketers, and finally talk about what he's currently doing at Niche Sports. We hope that you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed talking to Nishat. And it's time to listen and learn. Hi, Nishar. Uh, welcome to the Nails and Hammers podcast. My pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. So great to chat with you guys. One in the US, one in Mumbai. It's really amazing. So first of all, how's it going? How's the pandemic treating you? Well, you know, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be lying if say you know it's been good. It's not because it's something that should have never happened. And I know people say that you know the pandemic is has given them an opportunity to. uh to you know what like rediscover to go in spiritually i don't think any of that is valid because i think it's the worst thing we can't say any of that stuff because there are a lot of people who unfortunately have been affected in ways that we cannot imagine a lot of people have lost their loved ones including i'm sure some of some people you know would have lost their loved ones so it's a very sad thing uh it's not been the best obviously but uh, yeah i mean i i did i did do a lot more creative things in the time but that was just to keep my mind occupied which i wouldn't have done otherwise yeah and so speaking of creative things what all did you do so it initially started because what happened was in a day back in march i remember the date was march 13th and that was the day everything got cancelled like one by one my last assignment also got cancelled on that day and i remember returning home and i didn't leave the 1 km radius of my house for the next few months up until the 30th of august because uh because we we were in a strict lockdown and with family at home obviously i had to be more careful we didn't know what exactly we were dealing with so it was just the 1 km radius to get food and medicines that's about it and initially it was like you know what am i going to do how then it was all about keeping my mind occupied so it all started with live instagram videos with a few cricketers with a few celebs and then later i felt you know why not convert it into a youtube channel you know I, my initial plan was uh, to take the those live videos and put them on youtube but then so what happened was there were a couple of guys who said they were more comfortable just recording as we are right now rather than do a live video so i went ahead and i just did those recordings and you know the recordings were made earlier and then i came up with a different name for the channel and then called niche sports and then we made it put it up i also was lucky that i got a chance to go and work on the ipl which i have been doing for a few years the fact that it came during such a tough time it was really good that is something i will always be grateful for no doubt about it and uh, just getting a chance to go and work in the ipl i think that and this ipl that happened in the uae will always be special and very close to my heart so i think yeah though that was it and then after coming back it's all been about going and doing stuff for niche sports and unfortunately like everyone what had happened was because of the pandemic the assign the media assignments that i had earlier the media houses couldn't quite manage to give the same assignments again which is why i had to branch out and do it on my own so that's what it was all about interesting interesting nishad we want to just start from the like very beginning uh, i mean so you grew up in goa then you shifted to dubai right would love to know more about where you always into sports how was how was growing up in dubai and stuff so i was i didn't grow up in goa at all i was born here in mumbai okay. and i am 
of Goan origin. I do speak the language and I've got my roots over there and I'm quite tight-knit within a lot of things with the Goan community. So, but then a lot of the habits as well, like food and all, I'm very much a Goan. But yeah, 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 I mean, not that much because I've grown up in Mumbai. So always in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next train or the next bus, but now it's no longer and like over. Yeah, bus, but anyways, uh, but yeah, Dubai was Dubai was fascinating, and uh, it it really helps because when you're young, when you're really young as a kid, and you go and live in a foreign country, it opens up your perspectives. Much as Dubai at the time may not have been the in, really big international city that it is today, it still was a foreign land, so it did open up yourself to a different culture because i would say that you know at least what i learned i learned i learned a lot about the arab and islamic culture and that was really an eye opener in a lot of ways because you don't you didn't know a lot about them at the time and there's a lot that you learned about their habits their uh, the way they speak you know what what their history was like what their roots were like how they came up from you know just settlements to make such a big city so there was a lot to learn about it and interestingly my cricket love for cricket started over there initially i wasn't very much into sport but then uh, you know it, it dubai at the time was very unlike india because what happened when i went over there was i didn't have friends to play like here as a kid in india you would just go down every evening and play with kids i'm sure you guys also yeah, did the yeah, same yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and those are some of the best memories that you created but we didn't have those kind of friends and then i remember when i was in 6th when i was about 11 and we were all you know of the same age group in the school bus and we were all living in a one or two kilometer radius and then we decided why not we get together and play in an open parking space so we just started playing cricket in a parking lot over there and what what happened was it it ignited my love for the game at this around the same time uh you know there was a computer came called brian lara cricket my mother had bought it for yeah. me so this was around 2001 and then it just it just grew from there and as your as the years passed by and then there was the 2003 world cup the natwest series that came before it and it just grew stronger and stronger and by 2003 i was completely into cricket and you know then by then there was no looking back and when when i came back to india that just grew and grew into into a real passion and love for the game and luckily also uh, and cricket is something that really brings you together with so many people then that's just what sport is like even those guys whom we used to play uh, like we when we played together you know the kind of times we shared like me and one of the guys we are we are really close friends even now oh. and a lot of the other guys even when if we meet or if we get in touch is just like old times and that is just because we played cricket together in that phase and we were really close friends and we only played cricket over the weekends okay oh, fridays and saturdays no at the at the time in dubai it was thursday and friday they oh. changed it they changed it a few years later to friday saturday oh nice so i was i worked in middle east for a year and then you know even we used to play cricket in a parking lot because there were no spaces and stuff yes. so i found memories of that yeah uh, so then like why study law so mainly because i didn't want to do engineering that was the reasoning and uh, at the time there was possibly a temptation to do bmm and uh, you know but then the prospects didn't look all that good at the time 
and because you didn't know what exactly we're getting into. Maybe if it was 10 years later, I would have done BML. I just thought, you know, let's do law. Maybe it's a good degree, you know, and then you see a lot on TV. It may be a lot about going to the courts and arguing, which is not the case. There's a lot of backend work as well. Right, so right. law just happened, but midway through law school, it was uh, clear that, you know, I was not made for this. So that's how then it stopped. Yeah. Just then, stopped. You, then you started blogging, right? Uh, There's one particular blog that, that slightly went viral, right? And I just wanted to understand how, how did you got into writing about cricket? So again, this was around uh, the 2011 World Cup. And I had reached a phase where I knew that law was not my calling. It was my third year, but you're in the middle of law school. You cannot change as well. There's no point. You you rather complete it. So then I was wondering what what, what is my next course of action. Mm-hmm. And um, I just finished a law internship and I just didn't like it at all. And then I just, uh, I just thought World Cup's coming up. Why not start writing a blog? And uh, let's see where what happens. I mean, there's nothing to lose if you write a blog every day. And I told my parents, look, World Cup is coming. I want to buy a television connection for my hostel room. There is no chance I'm going without it. It's just 500 rupees a month that Tata Sky was, was costing. And my parents are like, yeah, okay. I mean, we know for a fact that, you know, you, know, you will not make, uh, you won't use it badly. And you'll at least, um, you know, so it's okay. It's, it's for the World Cup, go ahead and do it. So I put in the connection and it was a real shift because I also changed rooms in the hostel from a part where, which used to party a lot. I went into a very quiet, quieter spot. So my friends with whom I used to party were not very happy, but, uh, but then I went into a very quieter spot. So it was, it, it was a complete overhaul and I started writing about cricket and then I got in touch with a gentleman called Mr. Natarajan who had worked with Indian Express and was was at the was at a website called Cricket Country and he was the he had he he was the founding editor you can say and Mr. Natarajan was like he encouraged he said you know you write as much as you can and okay. and I remember my first article was March 4, 2011 and it's just over 10 years since then and okay. then one after the other articles kept coming one after the other and then I I also remember I bunked a test to come down to Mumbai to watch the World Cup final. I got tickets after all. I didn't know that I was going to watch any more World Cup finals, but I've gone on to watch two more. The following two as well, 2015 and 2019, of course, in working capacities. But yeah, that was that was what it was. And, you know, watching India win, it was really inspirational. You know, Sachin Tendulkar, who was my childhood hero, was lifted right in front of my eyes. Uh, in uh, where you know they had just lifted him like because we were sitting right next to the Indian dressing room. Oh wow! He was he was lifted right in front of us in uh, in front of a stand called the MCA Pavilion, and mm-hmm. I remember just. Uh, was it very emotional? It was. It was, and I will tell you like you're 20 at the time, and you know I used to always feel how can people be how, how can people cry when you're happy, but then mm-hmm. when that happened, I still remember sitting down and just weeping for the next maybe 10 or 15 minutes because right. that's when it just hit you that, you know, it is yeah. it is happening. And once he was lifted on the shoulders and taken around, I just remember sitting and weeping for the next 10, 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. uh, then, but then that also gave, in a sense, it it's like a butterfly effect, you know, like they didn't intend for it to happen, but it, mm-hmm. I'm sure it inspired not just me, but a lot of other people. 
and it changed the course of my life because i started believing a lot more that mm-hmm. i could go and chase what i really want to do and it all it all then started a few weeks later which was sachin's birthday and uh, there was a no ball that was wrongly given and uh, mm-hmm. there was, no sorry the no ball was right wait the no ball was not given sorry sachin was uh, was given out to amit mishra in an ipl game against deccan chargers at hyderabad so uh, he was given out because he played one ball to uh, to long long off and he was given out but then the umpire wanted to check the replay for the no ball one replay showed that you know the foot was just over the line the stump cam showed again it was over the line the third replay showed that mishra's foot was was fine but what people missed was that in that replay sachin was standing right next to mishra mm-hmm. at the non striker's end which means it was not of the same delivery but the previous one yeah yeah okay and the and broadcasters then, had made a mistake and i just casually wrote an article about it some of found a youtube video of it uh, yeah. put the link sent it to mr natarajan and went off to sleep because our exams were coming on Right. Yeah. Next day, I woke up and I see that my phone has a bunch of messages, calls, and like you know what's happened. And I called Mr. Natarajan and he told me, "Do you know what's happening? This has gone viral. It's all thanks to you." And then people started recognizing, and and I I asked him, "Okay, uh, now that this has happened, I'm coming to Mumbai. Is it fine if I come over to the office and intern with you guys?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 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 come over. So all of this was happening when you were in college. Yes, all of this was happening in college. Yes. And then he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, come over," and I did, and I went on to intern with them, and that's how it all started. And every, every, uh, up until twenty thirteen, till the year I passed out, every break I used to come and I used to intern with them, mm-hmm. and I used to continue to write from college. So, mm-hmm. and then twenty thirteen, I joined them full time. But a lot of things happened in that time as well. A YouTube channel started. I got my foray into presenting. i also made my debut on television because neo sports had invited me on their famous show dial c for cricket so yeah. and they had kept inviting me a few times so all those things eventually set me up very well when in 2013 i passed out and like this is what i really want to do and then i took it on full time and that was the whole intention and yeah that's how it all started mm-hmm. and we want to talk about your world cup story a bit so like you said you skipped your exams to go watch the world cup and then you had a ticket and then you met sachin at an event and then you told him about your you know article and then he signed uh, the thing can you share a bit about that oh yes of course in fact if you had told me earlier i would have got that ticket to show you as well oh, right. so so but um, but yes what had happened was the 2011 world cup we got i got the tickets i remember pakistan was beaten in the semis the next day was oh, the play yeah in mohali next day was the train and there was a festive atmosphere everywhere in college as well people who used to not watch cricket were watching cricket like girls and boys who were not interested in sport were watching like otherwise we always had in college girls and boys who were interested in sport and used to watch it together right so but then now this was girls and boys also not interested who were watching together but what 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 worked for me was my uncle was able to get a ticket and we had a test and but then i was like you know what i'm not going to give this up to go for this once in a lifetime opportunity luckily many opportunities that have come and more will come by way as well and <clears throat> but that one was special because it was obviously for sachin and you know and 
Pune, I just got into the bus and I was like, like we had a college bus which used to go to the railway station. I was, I, I took it. It was in. in Convince your professor as well, right? To that you're missing your exam and stuff. As it happened, was my my professor got into the bus at the same time. Oh. And he's like, uh, and he was also, he was, he was also from, from, he was also Goan origin and everything. So he was okay. like, so where yeah. are you going? And he was not much elder to us. He was also in his late twenties, probably. Okay. So almost the same generation, and someone who had encouraged also. Right. So in later years, so he was like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "World Cup final." Like, "Cut test." Hai. I was like, "Ha, but sir, World Cup final." He's like, "Yeah, okay, no problem." Uh, but but yeah, make sure that you know India wins, and just <laughs> yeah, make sure that you know you come back when we are winning and all. So he it was he was very nice about it. Right. And and then I I came came down to Mumbai and then obviously we won and everything, but then uh, the the year later when one of my friends again a college friend he lives in this place he used to live in this place called Saitya Sarvas in Bandra where Sachin grew up and because his grandmother was a poet and you as you know all the literary artists and the prominent ones were given a house in that complex called Saitya Sarvas and that was called Kalanagar. because it was an artist city so the, which is why there were other uh, colonies as well which were which had artists who were given houses so ramesh tendulkar sachin's father was had a house over there my my friend his grandmother had a house so he said you know sachin is being felicitated why don't you come maybe you can just sneak in a word okay. so i went and i couldn't believe it that i could literally walk up to him and i and people were getting a lot of things signed and he was more chilled out over there because that was the place where he grew up so he knew everybody he knew everybody and even the kids who were going to get things signed by him were introduced by parents like you know or others like he is so and so's son he is so and so's child so you know he would ask them about their uh, families and he, he was he was he, it was basically like attending a family function because he knew almost everyone over there and then i sneak in middle and in the middle and i just give him the world cup final ticket and he just reads it and his eyes like you know his eyes light up he's mm-hmm. i was like uh, i was there he's like oh wow you know and then he just takes it and he's signing it with a smile and then i told him do you remember last year during the ipl you were given out against deccan chargers he's like yeah and he's like wait were you the one who wrote the article i was like yes he's like good job good job and uh, and then i just got it and i shook hands and i just left from there i was like you know that's enough for the day and uh, but but yes it, it also came at uh, during a phase where you know i was entering into my final year and there was a there were a lot of doubts as to what to do other friends were going for their law placements <coughs> so it was a very it was a phase with a lot of doubts and there were other other things happening but then just those few words and again i was like you know wow you know something definitely can can work out and can happen so let's let's just keep at it and luckily i also had my parents who stood by me at the time and who said you know you've put in a lot of work over one year and we have seen you so focused on something so dedicated that you know we have to see where it goes yeah i think for a 21 year old 22 year old this is this is amazing i mean this is what dreams are made of yeah exactly exactly and it's also because Uh, you are willing to put in the effort you are willing to put in the chances that you know a lot of things also happen and those things happened with me and 
to find the parents support at the same time was probably the biggest thing in my life uh in fact uh, talking with a professor kushal I, i wish we had such cool professors here yeah <laughs> in professors being cool in yeah. is because a year a year later when i made my tv debut and suddenly in college i am a different guy altogether you're a celeb in college now yeah yeah although you know the the fact remains that i didn't change a lot because my friends were the same and were, were and that that's what mattered to me it's just now other people started recognizing yeah there is someone and i was not the cricket crazy freak but i was someone who was doing something really constructive with my life yeah and i remember getting up really late and go walking into class not expecting that a professor to be there and i had reached really late not only did the professor welcome me in class but gave me attendance as well and this was when i had missed half an hour of the lecture so such things were happening with me you <laughs> even the professors became your fan <laughs> yeah they started supporting a lot of them started encouraging and, and that's really now, good to hear yeah yeah and and even now that you know a lot of them are on facebook and they do comment sometimes and they do maintain in touch in that way and it's really really good to see in that sense uh would would love to know more about uh, the cricket uh, cricket country journey right i mean so so you graduated you ended up working with them right how how was how was that uh, phase like cricket country was a lot of learning it was a lot of uh, lot of information because <clears throat> at the time you were trying to figure out the internet what works what does not work and at the same time it was also figuring my way into the world of cricket media and i was also fortunate that cricket country backed me and initially they were not open to going on foreign tours or any tours for that matter but then they backed me they they sent me to uh, to cover the ranji trophy final in 2014 oh. websites were not allowed but i somehow made my way inside the press box and i sat and i managed to be there and what worked was that i interviewed lot of people in those few days then my boss mr natarajan could tell the higher ups look at this we got so many interviews why was this possible It's because we could send people yeah okay that was done then i um i then i i had asked you know that the under 19 world cup is going is going to happen in dubai can i go they were like we can't get the funding i was like okay then my father he said that look nothing's going to happen if you just sit here okay you want to go to dubai and dubai is where i grew up we also had people over there look stay can mm-hmm. be arranged that's no problem mm-hmm. tickets can be arranged everything else can be arranged current so he's like i will help you out nice so my father gave me the money and said that you go you just wow. go and you know cover the tournament and i did go there i went to the 2014 under 19 world cup and again lot of interviews of people like greg chapel graham hick you know a wow. lot of big names i got their interviews and uh, again the bosses were like this is something this is something really good and and initially my my uh, application to go to bangladesh was rejected by icc but then under 19 they would approve you know so under 19 i went and then the icc media guy mr sami who's currently heading the pakistan cricket board one of the one of the finest media professionals you will meet so sami bhai at the time told me chalo nishad i will see you in bangladesh i said kaha aapne application approve hi nahi kiya he's like how is that possible i said it is he's like wajah kya thi i was like wo reply mein aaya ki aapne cover nahi kiya hai ki icc tournament 
he's like nishad that has changed now you have covered this tournament you have covered it with discipline let me have a look at it so i was i was like okay i didn't expect you know next day he writes an email to me nishad you are coming to bangladesh i have approved your application and i was like wow you know this guy he he he's a big he is a big name in the media industry he is heading the icc media comms and he remembers he remembered to change my uh, my application status and i was like wow this is amazing and i just wrote to office that you know this is what has happened what do you think the office got back and uh, they said okay go ahead and uh, and yeah i went to bangladesh which was another eventful journey so all these things really helped and ultimately they also backed me for the 2015 world cup but oh, no. at the time i finished the 2015 world cup i knew it was time to go because i had grown as much as i could Mm-hmm. and i felt you know at that age i could take a risk in terms of moving out and i decided to quit my job and become a freelancer and try and explore various areas but i will always be grateful to cricket country for all the opportunities that they gave me and that goes without doubt of course you know people ask why couldn't i have stayed longer but there was no more growth for me in that place mm-hmm. i had done i had reached a ceiling and there me moving out could have also meant others getting opportunities that i got which yeah. i was lucky with but uh, but yes i i had to move out at the time mm-hmm. so what was the freelancing journey like i mean were you writing for others were you like shooting videos and how did you stay at the top of your game while you know doing freelancing so it's 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 a lot of ups and downs i wouldn't say that it's a smooth right it's a lot of ups and downs and there have been more downs i would say than ups but the ups that come they are really big highs so mm-hmm. so yeah it does get worth it and at the same time i'm still trying to master the game it's not like i have there are ways to do it there are still a lot of uh, i wouldn't say struggle but a lot of uh, reaching out a lot of things that you know you need to do to make it work but it all started by me doing the 2015 uh, india tour uh, south africa tour to india the test matches they covered for the bbc asian network and i also uh, did for sports ki dad and others but what was interesting on that visit was that test matches were getting over in two or three days and i was paid per video per article and all right and and i actually ended up making losses because the first test match got over inside three days two and a half days this is in kanpur i guess no first one first one was mohali mohali okay mohali second one was bangalore where it play was possible on one day and it rained on four days oh so again there was no work there okay. then it was nagpur which got over again in three days finally the delhi test lasted all five oh, days yeah. and i was happiest over there the villiers and pafdu place blocking yes that, that blockathon yeah. it was really yeah. really enjoyable and I remember that was also the time where I actually got to interact a lot more with my idol, Mr. Harsha Bhogle, and I remember telling him that you know I've quit my job, I'm getting into freelancing, and he's like, "Wow, you know, you've got real, you really are a gutsy young man, and you know, I really wish it works out for you and all that." So a few months later, again, sometime no work, but then I again got on the road for the World T20. managed to cover for a few websites and suddenly Gu- gujarat lions calls me up i had gotten in touch for them for a content role i thought i'll get a small content role i can i can do mm-hmm. some content for them they came back with a media manager role 
And I was like, wow. oh, this this completely changes my profile. A 25 year old guy going and managing media for a, a stars like Rena, Jadeja, Dale Stain, Brendan McCullum, Dwayne Smith, and the Bravo, Finch. Like, yeah, it was a star team. James Faulkner. We had a very good team. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is an opportunity I can't let go. And I took it. And that changed my life. And that was really the turning point in a lot of ways. And that it helped me grow my stature. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. I think I uh, would love to know more about uh, how was the experience working with a lot of these players? Any, any, any of the interesting stories that you can share? A lot of them. Because one thing that I really appreciate about these guys. So, actually, from a challenge point of view, it was really challenging. That whole that whole uh, scenario was really challenging because I was a 25 year old guy. It was a franchise that was starting up. A lot of people did not know what cricket was, and me being a part of the cricket industry, a lot of the times I had to explain things to them that these are not how things work. You know, these are not these are things that cricketers don't do. These are things that cricketers do. And <clears throat> as that happened, what happened? was that anyway cricketers realized the fact that i knew a lot about them and their lives their achievements and i respected them one thing that you know sportsmen always like is that if you respect them for their hard work if you respect their personal space and personal space not just in their rooms but space in terms of their gym times and their practice times if you if you show them that you respect that they will not they will never uh, they will always they will give you that respect back and what then happened was that these guys individually started making efforts to make me feel a part of the team and later those efforts were collective as well so in a sense i survived because of those guys the team manager and the other support staff the the core team the coaches and everyone and the players made me feel a part of the team like i will always remember when um, you know brad hodge who was the coach asked me to do a few things and i did and i was carrying a lot of stuff i was like uh, i and tech and i was helping out the manager in a lot of ways i wasn't just the media manager but the team manager was like it's my first time as team manager you know we'll do everything so he was also helping me out in media things and i was also helping him out like i was basically his foot soldier he would tell me we need to deliver the jer- these jerseys here we need to get this there you know these jerseys should have this kind of print that those so i was helping out it was great learning right, right. and uh, i remember so brad hodge asked me to get a few things done for the team room and i did and we were flying down to chandigarh for our first game and and i remember i was in the rajkot airport which is just technically just one small room i was in the rajkot airport departure lounge and uh, i was carrying a few things and i was wearing an adidas shirt and Hoji comes up to me and says Nish where is your where is your where is your jersey or your team kit mm-hmm. I said I don't have it he's like what I said yeah they didn't give me one like wait he goes to one of the officials he's like why doesn't my guy have a jersey and that's what he says why doesn't my guy have a team kit so the team officials scramble and from somewhere they get one out and then he tells them my kid will always have one because he's a part of the team nice. and they they gave okay. me a couple more yeah and that was that that really that really uh, you know that really told me that these guys value my presence and and, and i still have kept those t-shirts with me yeah. one of them is signed by the team oh, wow. and the players and 
the white one but then i've still kept them because those are memories although that was a very turbulent time in terms of adjusting with the management but it was an amazing time with the players and the support staff because they would do things like this then um, i remember again we had mr sitanshu kotak who was from rajkot was our assistant coach one day he would randomly pop into my um, pop into my room and say uh, you know what my wife has just sent a lot of home food i know you've not been home for a long time why don't you come over and have some of my our home food do you like thepla and some of the other such a sweet gesture yeah yeah exactly they would yeah. do these things like uh, ravindra jadeja was getting married and i told him that you know congratulations on your wedding and he's like congratulations kya like tu bhi aa raha hai like i want to see you at my wedding and what was amazing was when i when i went and i greeted him on stage him and his wife they were they were they they were really happy to see me and it was like you know when people are making it up or not but he was like like hey you're here like you know i'm so happy you're here it was like that it was more of a family like feeling yeah it was and they did, they did those kinds of things you know and like even rena for that matter telling me you know when he had a dinner that you know you also come to my house for dinner and uh, and then you know when he was doing interviews he would say things like you know the team manager ali and the media manager nishad are working very hard behind the scenes these are not coaches but these guys are working hard and he would say that in interviews and i'm like wow you know this is this is really great and dale stain uh, also i remember what he did was that they they uh, then one of the ways that you know that they are you're a part of the team is that they play pranks on you yeah. so dale stain aaron finch andrew tai you know they once picked me up and threw me in the swimming pool when i was wearing wearing jeans and the team t-shirt and everything and then they're like you know walk back to your room so i had to walk through <laughs> the hotel lobby drenched in water with everyone looking at me and they knew they all knew that and then but then their first thought was they they took my phone and wallet out but then they threw uh-huh. with my watch on and then uh-huh. after they got me out stain is like oh my god is your wa- is your watch going to be okay I'm like don't worry it's 30 meters resistant so he's like okay we can throw you one more time <laughs> so so you know it was but then but then he told me i hope you didn't mind it was just to show you that you know you are also a part of us and i'm like they i really appreciated all this because of the fact that you know you guys are making that effort to make me feel a part of the team mm-hmm. and it is something that i will and there were others also who did the same that's so then, that's so so cool i mean it sounds like a dream job and i'm sure you picked up a couple of steps from bravo as well oh bravo <laughs> was so bra- interestingly bravo i had known for a few years oh so i had interviewed him somewhere and he always remembered me and when i saw him at events he would like i would wave to him he would wave back or i'd just go and shake hands he would ask me you know mate how are you you know how's everything so yeah he was happy to see me and then it just grew bravo is again bravo is again a prankster because what he would do is like i remember once the team manager had left his door open and he had gone somewhere uh, so bravo noticed the opportunity got into the room and hit behind the curtains oh hit behind the curtains and when the team manager walked him he just jumped onto him like like ah like that and and he's at the same time uh it was because i was walking out i was i was because the team manager told me you know come into my room i've got to talk to you about something 
and I was going and I suddenly heard two loud noises like one guy saying ah and the other one shouting even louder because the team manager was scared and then and then you know he was like again bravo I get it bravo like look at your face you are so much scared and all that how how are you a team manager when you get scared like this so these things were happening and then and then we all actually conspired to prank bravo as well and we did the same thing to him in a hotel corridor oh. is that we called him we said can you come down to this room we've got uh, uh, we've got something to show you mm-hmm. so he goes down and then we had two doors open and two mm-hmm. guys jumped on to him like this oh, and we managed had, to scare him yeah we managed to scare him and we had set up a couple of gopros as well oh, just oh. to record the whole moment and he was scared and he laughed and he's like guys i'm going to get each one of you someday and <laughs> he did but he kept telling us you all are on my radar and i'm yeah. going to keep getting you some day yeah. the setup sounds like a college hostel to be very frank oh it was in in a lot of ways it used to be because you are living together you the the guys are yeah. together yeah. so you ultimately end up doing all that and then there was heat streak from zimbabwe yeah. still a very dear friend and nice. streaky is the kind of guy who when he's on field he's a different person very serious when he's coaching the boys he is completely meticulous making those notes you know telling them what needs to be done what shouldn't be done is a hard nosed coach of the field my god he's a riot like his sense of humor is another level i still remember we were once sitting together after we had won a game it was a very good game that we had won against rising pune super giant in okay. uh, in pune and it was because steven smith had scored 100 in that game and in spite of that we had won chasing down 190 odd and with relative ease because brent smith and brendan mccallum gave got us off to a flyer but then i remember we were all sitting in a very good mood and streaky was telling us jokes till 2:30 in the morning just him telling us jokes that's it and it was just that in the jokes were so next was so real and was so realistic like he told me like there was food in the middle and he told me just wait for a while and see that we all are picking up pieces and when there will be the last piece left on the plate everybody starts looking at each other like <laughs> and we started and i and and we and we actually observed and i and and yeah. I, i thought he was right you know in a social setting when that last yeah, all the time yeah yeah everybody starts looking at each other and he's like see i told you and that's something that i keep doing at every party after <laughs> and then there were a lot of jokes that he kept narrating till 2:30 or 3 in the morning and but then that tells you the versatility of these guys as well in, in that when they go into the nets or onto the field how serious they are but when they come off it and and when you have won a good game they know how to celebrate it and also possibly relax one or two guys who had a tough game yeah so then how do players switch off and you know when when the game is done i mean how do they switch off and then detach themselves from what happened so it it all depends on player to player like what they want to do i still remember when there was one game where uh it was about we we lost and we lost two consecutive games so uh, obviously no one was happy but after the first game generally hoji and the boys were like you know everyone come down to the Uh, to the lobby we'll just sit there was a garden and we used to just sit over there and talk and the talks would be about anything about cricket about life about experiences about holidays so 
you know these guys also were interested in indian culture like like you know they would ask questions like you know why do women we see women wearing the bindi mm-hmm. you know they would ask those things you know they would ask about a lot of festivals and so you know even we would ask them questions about a lot of things so okay. i still remember then one of the games was that nobody was willing to come down but it was just me uh, james faulkner and dale stain we were just sitting uh, after the game because others were possibly a little down james faulkner didn't have a very good game stain was not playing but then they just wanted i think some company or someone to just sit and talk and we we ended up talking about a lot of things not just about cricket you know we uh, like uh, dale stain's friends were around them so they were just talking about you know their experiences traveling around the world you know jimmy faulkner like i spoke to him about the world cup final where he was man of the match and you know so he, and and those are the things that you learn about and i and i realized that these guys are just as human as us they've had a bad day in the office but they also need to switch off you know and and that chat may not have been very long but it was still a chat that sort of because i was in an i was in an, i was new to a team atmosphere i didn't know what it was if someone lost you know what it means to people but here were these guys who you know were, were you know obviously it had, it was very disappointing you could see it on their face but at the same time they were making efforts to clear their mind ahead of the next game and the way they were talking talking about things that were off the field about meeting different players around the globe about their younger days you know their early ipls what they were learning and you know what their coaches were like back home what their families were like back home a short chat and i just realized that these guys were completely you know completely relaxed and then we went to went across to our rooms because you know we had to sleep and there was a flight the next day and i just i remember got on to getting on to the flight and i saw james faulkner in the flight after that and the smile we gave each other you know it was a different one because we knew that you know we whatever said and done we we had spoken to each other in possibly a different way and uh-huh. in a sense it also helped relieve maybe some of the tension because even i was tense i didn't yeah. know what a team what it would do to a team if you've lost two consecutive games that games that you shouldn't have and that right. quite convincingly so so but then i also noticed that you know in a way if you need to be around these guys you you do it and not just not just uh, you know mainly for yourself as well because being in the room i wouldn't have learned a lot from these guys so okay. i used to make sure that i am around these people and i learn and it was not because i wanted to hobnob with them or anything it was just because these guys unknowingly were teaching me a lot about life or uh, like poster or uh, gujarat lions tent right you started working with ipl as an indian manager mm-hmm. how was that experience and how did it happen actually so unfortunately i was not taken back for gujarat lions because of the management and um, but you know i knew for a fact that i it if it was left you know to maybe players or support staff they definitely would have wanted me because we had a an excellent bond and yeah, yeah. and it was evident even the following year so luckily ipl called me up and they said are you available i said yes and i just took up the job and nice. and you know it was and consider this it was quite a comeback because losing a contract like gujarat lions was not a good thing mm-hmm. it could have it was it was disappointing but this was something better mm-hmm. 
and when i met some of these guys like even some people in the management who were my friends even they were very happy for me they were like you know you you really got what you deserve because we have seen you work hard here and even when i met the players and the support staff they gave me a lot of warmth even then so like even when there were interviews to be done and all the team manager used to tell me like we are in the ipl like as ipl media manager i have to go and speak to the managers to get interviews done and uh, during match and manager used to tell me go and speak to him directly you know him so like you got a bond he's like you go and talk to him nice. only if of course there was some and and then i again remember i got into the dressing room to call someone because we during a game and hoji was having a discussion with uh with i think streak and uh, one of the other coaches and i get in and out of nowhere these guys like they stop their meeting and they come towards me like hey you are here and you know they just walk you know and i i was like wow this is this is something really nice and the same with a lot of the other players as well then the ipl experience has been amazing because you go around the country in a short span unfortunately we couldn't do that last year because of the pandemic and we had to restrict ourselves to one particular spot but but yes that that experience has really lived on and i've been lucky to do it four times over i mean how do you manage an event at such a huge scale in india i mean like when i feel happens there are a lot of ways so you need to you firstly you need to know the cultures of each place you need to know the intricacies of each place because the thinking of the administration in a kolkata will be very different from a mohali or a delhi or a mumbai mm-hmm. there are a lot of things there are a lot of ways it's a lot about building and managing those relationships and i think that is the key to staging any event if your relationships are maintained people are ready to do a lot of things for you like i remember uh, going to one of the venues and talking to the state association that something like this has happened and you know them telling me oh you know what you're around don't worry we are coming for you wow. and they would actually do that and it's and it's mutual i would always say don't build a relationship from the viewpoint of what i'm getting out of it mm-hmm. build it for the people there are people and if you can see the good in people they will obviously see the good in you and i think that is what has helped around yeah i i would like to know more about specifically ipl 2020 yeah. i mean how how different it was with bio bubble in place and specifically for you it must be like again ipl at home only it was ipl at home because if it yeah. was dubai i'm like yes it's yeah. in my backyard yeah. and i remember landing in dubai you know driving past all those areas reminiscing my childhood and i'm like i'm here now like i'm in my land i'm in my backyard so I, the hotel in sheikh zaid road where i was initially for a few days my school was like maybe 10 minutes away and you know my old home was not too far away as well because this is the older part of dubai old, old dubai was much smaller okay. but then i was sent to abu dhabi and abu dhabi had much stricter laws uh, with covid and everything and they had put a tracker on my hand and i had to be in the room a lot longer so my quarantine was a lot longer Uh-huh. eventually i remember getting out i mean one day i did get out but then because i had finished my ipl quarantine of 6 days but uh-huh. then uh, but then abu dhabi government had just instituted a new rule and i had to go back into quarantine the tournament started on september 19 i i got out again on september 18 okay and it was my first time stepping uh, like getting out to the ground and 
you know looking at the new protocols we couldn't meet a lot of people we knew my boss was you know would was on the first floor while talking to us and we would only speak to each other on walkie it was crazy because we were getting tested every 5 days and so these Same. things were happening we had to follow all these protocols and the hotel hotel was cordoned off like the part where we were staying and they had done a phenomenal job the fairmont hotel in abu dhabi and you know even the staff became like family like with us like even when we were leaving the staff would all of them came to say their goodbyes and also speaking about like wrapping up this whole uh, ipl conversation today a lot of like ipl teams have uh, a huge social media presence with like mr nags at rcb the most famous one so where do you see the future of this social media engagement heading towards you know it's interesting what social media is and where it evolves you never know like today there's a clubhouse that has just come and it has become the latest fad instagram managed to knock snapchat out with stories and instagram keeps evolving facebook we felt was evolving but facebook has somewhere lost the plot twitter is still around okay so i really i i would be lying if i say that i am a social media specialist but all i would say is that we've got to be open to whatever lies ahead mm-hmm. and i'm sure the teams also will be open to their presence on social media and they will be willing to adapt with the times and you just have to keep your eyes and ears open youtube definitely is very very relevant and it will continue to be because it's a one stop show where a person can watch like our, this episode of ours a person can watch any time yeah i think it's, it's the same for a lot of us yeah, yeah it is yeah, i'm yeah. sure look at your own lives yeah. and i think it is that is the consumption where we are able to listen which is mm-hmm. why i think even the more than visual even the audio part has to be very strong yeah true got it got it got it but i think uh, just uh, i mean everybody is playing around with formats right so with a lot of lot of teams are now just making videos of uh, players playing out in nets uh, capturing small bites every day and putting out content right and there's a lot of engagement happening specifically this year because uh, nobody is going out in the yes. stadium to watch the match right and and uh, i think 2021 this year i feel would be slightly different i'm expecting i think especially after the england series uh, we expect people to like go and watch the match right? uh, things would things would again change i mean do you see any specific trends or sorts that uh, this would be huge or or you compare it with like a bpl and stuff uh, that that would like emerge out as very different they'll have to see because i think maybe you never know they just create some kind of content and it just goes viral you never know what goes viral i mean we mm-hmm. i mean to put it to put it very politely something as stupid as pari hori hai became so popular yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, i think i think i think that was to be honest absolutely mediocre to be yeah. to real to be really honest so you never know with the internet you know one day you're here and the next day you could be a you could be a big star but at the same time i feel that teams are doing well to maintain their commitment to good content you never thought your article would become viral and stuff right yeah you i never thought it. never thought you you never know what works yeah. and i'm still waiting for my next thing to really really kick on with what i've started at knee sports we are yeah. we are trying to build good positive content we don't want to put uh, you know stuff that is simply catchy or tacky you know we want to do something that is good and positive if it inspires a kushal sitting somewhere or if it inspires anyone else it is it is really 
it is really amazing it is really important and if it inspires someone like an ayush you know to say pick up the sport or to change something i think that is what our aim is so you know hopefully someday it also catches on so i mean do you have some idea behind niche sports on like initial hypothesis of where you want to take it forward so at the moment it's all about creating that good positive and uh, and inspirational content and provide stories that were not known earlier like we recently did on mr sunil gavaskar the six part series on you know what on unknown anecdotes from his life previously unknown like not very well known rather and then we we we've also got one more series or rather we we've got an interview coming up with rakim konwar oh oh the west indies player like i i've asked him stuff about how he overcame his challenges to achieve his dream because he has broken stereotypes and i told him you know it's something that you have done is very inspirational so we mm-hmm. want to we want to do such things got it that's we that's very to, interesting yeah uh let's let's move to the final section uh, of of the session and yeah. i'd love to this is basically rapid fire questions so whatever comes on top of your mind just go for it right? uh so best cricketer you have ever interviewed ever interviewed like the yeah. best interview or the yeah. greatest cricketer i have ever interviewed i think both. the best interview best yeah, interview best interview you feel okay the okay in terms of stature the greatest cricketer i have interviewed is rahul dravid okay yeah and but yeah in terms of meeting i've met everyone in the cricket industry as well that that interview with rahul dravid is, is also your favorite in my favorite interview uh funnily would be um, you know my favorite interview would be with sohel tanvir oh, wow. and it was because the conversation flowed very naturally i mean others were also natural but uh-huh. i still remember asking him about his story and like i asked him you know where did this action come from yeah, yeah. and he Impressed. told me a beautiful story like he told me he used to bowl left arm spin and in in under 19 oh. cricket and wow. you know, he used to bowl left arm spin with a normal action uh-huh. but in tape ball cricket on the streets he used to bowl like that with that kind of action yeah. and he was called pankha by the way because of the uh-huh. you know, yeah. that yeah. so he used to bowl tape ball cricket uh-huh. he used to bowl that action okay and in 2003 he was a part of lahore under 19 or punjab under 19 i'm not okay. sure uh-huh. and south africa were in lahore okay and they uh, it was uh, gram smith Uh, Herschel Gibbs, Jack Callis, these guys were a part of the side, and they got they got local net bowlers. As you know, net bowlers go and bowl <laughs> to uh, uh, in uh, in state in stadiums in practice yeah. sessions for international teams. So he was one of the kids who was asked to come and bowl. He was hardly eighteen or nineteen at that time, but his friend told him, "Tere liye challenge." He's like, uh, "So I don't. I hope you don't mind if I just narrate some of it." Yeah, in. yeah, yeah for sure. Like, लाइक तेरे लिए चैलेंज है लाइक क्या नहीं तू आज स्पिन नहीं तू पास डालेगा जो तू टेप बॉल के साथ डालता है लाइक पर मैंने ये कभी किया नहीं है लाइक डू इट इज फ्रेंड जस्ट टोल्ड हिम डू इट ट्रस्ट मी सो सोहेल तनवीर टेक्स अप द बॉल गोज एंड टेक्स अ लॉन्ग रन अप एंड ही बोल्स विद दैट एक्शन एंड गाइस लाइक ग्राम स्मिथ हर्शल गिब्स एंड जाक कालेस आर प्लेइंग एंड मिसिंग and they are wow. having a tough time he's like they had no idea what was happening wow. and then there was the lahore or punjab selector was around and he's like ladke idhar aa wow spin kyu dalte ho yahi dalo na 
Yeah. And then he's like, that day I decided I'm going to be a fast bowler. Wow. And I felt that is beautiful. I mean, how how one session just changed his life around. And I know he's not had a long career with Pakistan. I felt he should have played a lot more for them, particularly in T20 cricket. But he's gone on to make his name across the globe in different tournaments. Absolutely. I think uh, the first season with RR, like, yeah, he what, what, a, what a season he had. What a season. And yeah. then, I, I, and why I remember that 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 interview is because I asked him, Ki toh, is it because of your, uh, of your, you know, of that kind of action and your hand coming that way that you get the ball into the left-hander and, mm-hmm. in you know, away from the right-hander, mm-hmm. like, you know, that angle. Yeah. So, he's like, this question I didn't ask before. He's like, what do you want to play cricket? He's like, no, I'm just watching it. He's like, no, no, this is a very good interview. So, which is why I enjoyed that interview. He, yeah. he, he really appreciated the fact that, you know, I was asking him those questions. And there were other okay. interviews as well. I, I remember an interview with Harbhajan Singh. Uh-huh. And because he, it was during, uh, just after the Ranji final in 2014. And he... Um, he told me, like, I was a young guy and, you know, he, like I said, uh, Bajupa, interview, doge kya? and he's putting his hand, hand around. He knows I'm a kid who's just come in. He's like, no, it's not possible because match is going to happen. You come to the match, He's like, I re- he realized I had that hesitation because he said, you will all do it, but who will do it? He's interview. And he went away. And then match got over in three days. It was a rest of India versus Karnataka game. And the IPL auction was going on. And there were live updates on my phone. Uh-huh. And uh, everyone was following. And Harbhajan and he comes, what's going on? I'm like, IPL auction, we're watching. Okay, there's a video on your phone. No, just updates. Hai. Then he comes and he's also checking. You know, But he was, I think he was already retained by the Mumbai Indians and all that. Uh-huh. So... Uh, so then, you know, then the presentation happened and then I called out Bajji and he's like, oh, ha, tera interview, na? then he's like, Aja. and there was he's like, you know, let's not stand in the sun. So we stood outside the dressing room, you know, there like the, the entrance of the dressing room and the, uh, and the side screen, he's like, idhar and he gave me a very good interview again, gave me his email ID, told me, send it, you know, I will read it and all. So that was something that was really, really nice on his part. And there are a lot of other interviews as well like that, that I remember. Like my first ever meeting with Dwayne Bravo, you know, he had cracked some very funny joke and I was literally, I was literally ROFL. I'm not making it up. It was so funny that I had to pause it for some time because there were literally tears coming out of my eyes. And then he started laughing even harder, looking at me. So, and for some time we had to pause because we were laughing that hard. Uh, obviously, I can't repeat what he had said, but uh-huh. it was so funny. And I don't yeah. know whether he did it to put me at ease or himself, but uh-huh. but we were like, we were just, we were in splits, all of us. So, West so Indian guys are naturally funny. Yeah, West Indian guys, most of them are naturally, and even the guys you feel who are serious, once they yeah. get comfortable with you, they are they are something else. Then they come up with some of the best ones that I've heard, so... So, so was this the, was this the interview that Bravo remembered when you went to yes, that line? Yeah, that was oh. the one he remembered. Okay. Uh, also, like speaking of interviews, which was your first interview? First interview of a player, Wasim Jaffer. On oh, the wow. phone. Yeah. Twitter king now. 
Twitter king, yes. And uh, and and you know, again, credit to the man. I met him only twice after that, and I've, I I interviewed him twice again after that first interview. But the man remembers. Wow. Yeah. And, Absolutely, and, legend. Yeah, I, I met him during this IPL, and I'm like, and I had a mask, and I'm like, Wasim Bhai, yaad aaya. I mean, like, then I took the mask off. Then he remembers. He's like, Hey, how are you? You know, kaisa chal raha? Abhi tum yaha ho? Kaise kam hai? And he asked me, you know, genuinely. Then I asked him about. I couldn't resist, but I asked him about his Twitter game. <laughs> I couldn't resist it, and he he also had a smile about it. I'm like. I never knew you had such a hilarious side to you. You know, you yeah, always yeah. thought you were very serious, calm. Yeah. But this is really amazing to see. So, so you know, then, but yeah, that 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 is also another story that I can remember. Yeah, your your favorite uh, sporting memory? I'm sure you'll say about uh, World Cup eleven. But apart from that, uh, the 2019 World Cup uh, final at Lords. Yeah. I'm sorry, this rapid fire has gone on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's but it's it's absolute fun to to know a lot of these stories. Yeah. Uh, uh, one hobby you picked up during lockdown. Hobby. Uh, I would think I I always like cooking, and I used to do it from time to time. But I think it just got better, as it did for a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah. High five. Same here. Same here. Uh, who do you think will win this IPL? Like, if you have to place a bet on. Placing a bet is not the right thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Virtually, I mean, think of it as I mean, you. I'm sure you support uh, Mumbai, but but any particular thing on a team that you feel will win the series. So for me, you know, it is very difficult to support a team because you know people across yeah. all the teams, yeah. and in some way, you know, when some team loses, you feel bad seeing them feeling sad. The management in particular. So it's very difficult to pick one, and I think right now the teams have got the right balance. so it will be very difficult to pick who's going to win but i would say you know delhi capitals are really building up very well and they have a very good chance mumbai is definitely around but the fact that delhi capitals made it to the final last year and the fact that they've also got uh, they've got their personnel in order they've got a good team maybe they are on to something special mm-hmm. uh, i mean you have traveled across a lot of like stadiums and stuff so which is your favorite stadium favorite stadium in yeah. terms in terms of emotional value it's of course the vankhede stadium um to work in india it's bangalore but i think it's very hard for anyone to beat uh, the mcg the mcg was something else but i feel also um apart from being iconic it's also a place where you feel at home so i think the mcg better than lots Yes. See, because you know, stadiums have to be welcoming. Lots has a lot of restrictions, right? The mm-hmm. pavilion, you can't do yeah. this, you can't do yeah. that. But the other ground in England that's really good is just across the river at, in in London itself, which is the Oval. Oval yeah. also has a very welcoming feeling. You mentioned you listen to a lot of podcasts. Any 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 particular podcast that you like a lot? Yes, lessons learned with the greats by Shane Watson. You mm-hmm. must listen yeah. to that podcast because Fantastic. he talks. he doesn't talk about the game alone but he also asks these players about managing money yeah. you know, what they do to invest how they have a financial planner and these are these are aspects that are helpful not just for us but also to players who are earning the big bucks so i think that's a good podcast right uh, which book are you reading right now right now i'm actually reading i think uh, 
sticky wicket by Malcolm Speed, who was the former ICC CEO. Oh, nice. One, one last question. You want to plug in your podcast? I mean, I know we have spoken about it a couple of times, but one last thing. Yeah, Niche Sports. It's uh, it's on YouTube. We are on all the social media pages on Instagram, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. We also just started out on Quora and Reddit, I think. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we are around. You can definitely subscribe to us on YouTube. That's where our videos are. That's where everything is. So do join us on our journey as we aim to make a dent in the digital realm of sports, as my as my manager likes to put it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Nishant. Uh, it was absolute fun to talk to you, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Absolutely, great conversation. Really loved being here.